So we should clarify, sorry, that me and Andrew were in uh, Salford Uni together. And uh, life has been just how I imagined it ever fucking since. You just thought back then that one day I'll be on a podcast interviewing Julie Bloody Nilton, darling. I'm Davina. And I'm Ricky. And welcome to Fierce Slay Talk. A decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond. Whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? The Queen of the Pigs. A social media sensation, the hostess with the mostess, a comedian and all-round Lancashire queen of the couples, Julie Noten! Oh, my darlings, you dirty <laughs> Welcome, how are you? Oh, I'm fucking great, darling. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm swearing straight away. You can swear, no. you can swear. Don't you worry, it's absolutely bloody fine. Absolutely mm. fucking fantastic. <laughs> Oh, God. It's fab to be on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And Julie, I must say, you are looking ravishing in your pussycat. Well, you know, I've gone for a bit of a bearded look today. (laughs) Could it be because I just couldn't be out shaving my beard? Probably. (laughs) I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a bit more alternative. Do you know what I mean? She's a bloody wild child, this one. Oh, I look a bit yeah. like a headmistress, don't I, with this? A little. A little bit, yeah. You know, and then I've just got my shorts on underneath. <laughs> yeah, that's the best bit about <laughs> Zoom, isn't it? You don't have to see what you've got on down below. Exactly. We all just got a little flashier haggis then as well. I loved it. That's been the most action I've had all all year. Oh, yeah. oh well, do you know, it's been a long year already, aren't it? Hasn't it? <laughs> I must say, you're looking absolutely fabulous for my darling. Oh, well, you know, I just rolled out of bed. And Ricky, of course, the uh, little throwback there that we have. (laughs) I know. In a little while, who would have thought? Quite a long time since. Oh, no, I saw you at Club Kids, didn't I? You saw me at Club Kids, yeah. But do you know that for the whole time I've known about the existence of Julie Noted and I've just happened to not have seen you uh, in any gigs, I didn't know that Andrew and Julie are one and the same person, you know, in all that time until we went to Club Kids and she was like, that's Julie Noted. I was like, no, it isn't. And I was like, what, Andrew is Julie Noted? They were like, yeah. I know, I've come a long way since them days of university. I've drank a lot and I've put on about three stone in weight, so. <laughs> this is it, yeah. And that's how Julie Noted was born, a sexy fat bastard down. Salford was a good nightlife. It was a great nightlife. Salford, yeah. I used to go out in Manchester, darling. Salford is rough. Oh yeah, sorry, Salford Uni, sorry, was what I mean. Was a good nightlife, but yeah, yeah, your nights out would be in Manchester, unless it was the pint part after an Adelphi lecture. God, that That's... was rough in there, weren't <laughs> it? I will tell you some of the things I used to do with toilets in pint part. <laughs> oh my goodness! Be quiet. I love it. Well, look, I was on a sports science campus, so there was nothing I was doing in them toilets. I was furious. <sighs> See, I bet, bet, I bet that's where all the hottest lads were as well, and just nudged them bloody. Sports science. Oh. It was rough as hell. Trying to go for a waz. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was like running the gauntlet. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh. oh, no, you wouldn't have loved these. They were rough as hell. Rough. <laughs> now, Julie, in a sentence or two, I want you to describe 
Duly noted. She's a sexy fat bastard, a tart of a heart. She loves a kebab. She loves full fat coke. She loves a good garlic bread at the end of the night and plenty of twinks surrounding her. And if she's not crawling on her hands and knees, she's not had a good time, darling. So that's what I'd say. <laughs> oh. I should be on the spot basically just describing myself as Isn't a fat pisser. Yeah. So what's the, the, the name duly noted? Where did that come from? So that came about, oh... It was Pride, I'd say about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was at a little after party with a couple of queens that are from the scene. So um, one of my drag mothers, Butter on a Roll, as I'm sure some of you may know who Butter is, mm-hmm. and Lola Crayola as well. Oh, I, 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 I. <laughs> um, so it was at those, it was this Pride. And they shoved a wig on me, Ed, and anaphylactic was there as well. All, basically, all the queens of Manchester got together and thought, what's the worst thing we can ever create? <laughs> um, and the name came from, apparently, if I remember correctly, because I was a little bit wasted, I'm not going to lie. Um, it was a name that I think Anna had used at one point, but long before she was anaphylactic. And then it was just a name that was sort of doing the, the rounds of Manchester and it was bestowed upon thine. And, uh, yeah. I became duly noted. Um, but like I said, they just kept putting wigs on my head and I think Aaron did half my face. That's butter. Um, I think even Vanity, who did half my face at one point? <laughs> Basically, they were just going like that on me. They were like, just keep putting, throwing stuff into the mix. And then in puff of her, I was created. <laughs> and when was that? How, like, can you remember actually when it was? Yeah, it was it was it was the end of Pride. It was must have been twenty. I think two thousand and fifteen. It must have been, and it was the end of that Pride. And basically, up until this point, every time we'd ever gone back to an after party or anything like that, I'd just rummage around everybody's like boxes of drag because a lot of my friends do drag. So mm. obviously, one of my drag mums being Butter on a Roll, my other drag mother being Tilly Screams. So I just had a lot of friends who were already doing it. So then obviously I just kept putting wigs on my head and doing all that sort of stuff. And they were like, you need to be a drag queen, you need to try it. Um, and then this one pride, they named, they gave us a name, so, you know, they created it. And then I think about a month later, I went to my first ever drag night. And I think actually in Kiki, uh, in Void's toilets, on the actual cubicle, somebody wrote Julie's debut, and it must have been on this toilet door in lipstick for about a good four years before they, <laughs> I think it was till nice. they refurbished them. But it was just Julie's debut <laughs> lipstick on there and I thought, oh, it's fantastic. And who would have thought at that point when they wrote it on that doll that I'd eventually go on to become one of the hostesses of Void and mm. Kiki. So yeah, it was it was quite a, it, was, it happened very fast it felt, but I loved it. I mean, that's absolutely scandalous that you are slandering Kiki and Void's toilets with the idea that that door would not have been washed in four years. To be, to be fair, God knows what lipstick it was. It was probably like enshrined <laughs> on it or something like that. It would have took more than bleach to take it off. They had to knock them down to get rid of it. That's what they had to do. <laughs> so, Julie, what was your first introduction to drag in the sense of like its existence? I mean, I suppose you're quite lucky if you live in like the Manchester area, such a prevalent scene. Obviously, there was my friends who were doing drag, so okay. like the ones I've mentioned. But for me, obviously, I'd 
born in Bolton, so I was mm-hmm. used to going out in Manchester. I've been out going out on the scene from like 18. That's a lie. I was about 15. But <laughs> oh I know. Um so I'd been going out in the scene for years and I'd seen all these queens in Manchester and you know like some who had like a lot, a lot of the older school ones who were there when I first started going out. Um the ones who'd stand on a street corner calling you bastards and all this sort of stuff. A lot of where I kind of picked up this whole, you know, the use of saying the word bastard a lot, you know. Um these sort of like vile but fabulous queens. I think that's the only way I can describe them. Like that you adored them, but they were like they were absolute trash, but they were just so like powerful women. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. um and that really inspired me because I think for me, for my drag, my my sort of inspirations from drag tend to be more like divine, Lily Savage, you know, a bit more old school sort of queens who probably um, aren't quite as glamorous or as pretty as uh, some of these other queens are. Do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, that's sort of where my, I guess my first take on drag came from really. Definitely, yeah, you can definitely see it's much more of a com- the comedy element and we always talk about this, don't we, Davina, about how yeah. there's more more comedy in the British drag than you tend to see in the... You see it come through in Drag Race, don't you? And and yeah, yeah, it's definitely much more about the character and the, sh- the show as a whole rather than necessarily um, just the look. So that was your introduction to drag. When did you first move to Manchester? Were you in halls when I knew you in uni? I lived in Castle Irwell, which was beautiful. Oh, what, in those, like, massive 12-bedroom... Yeah, they were, like, 12-bedroom houses or something obscene like that. So we should clarify, sorry, that me and Andrew were in, at Salford Uni together. And uh, life has been just how I imagined it ever fucking since. You just thought back then that one day I'll be on a podcast interviewing Julie okay. Bloody Nilton, darling. Absolutely. It, it's all I ever wanted. I said it in my Salford interview. Oh, this is why I did English and drama, darling. So I could dress up as a cross-dresser at the weekends and then a bit of dollar. That's what I wanted. You did you? So, wait, so was, that, was that when you first moved over then? Even though I lived in Bolton, I knew I wanted to go, I wanted to move out. I didn't want to just commute from Bolton because mm. I couldn't wait to leave Bolton because it was, mm. you know, as a young homosexual, I wanted to get out of that place and find the man of my dreams. You had the church, didn't you? The church was in Bolton. Oh, well, we had the church. Oh, God, yeah, we had the church, honestly. Well, we had a lot of places in Bolton, but it didn't mean it wanted to keep me there. <laughs> like I was in bloody prison. I'm allowed to say it. I'm a Boltonian. I mean, I do love me roots. I do love me roots. I, because I lived in Bolton for about three years. Um, so where, where in Bolton were you? If I was being posh, I'd say I was from Harwood. If I wasn't wanting to be posh, I'd say Breitman. But basically, oh. where I lived, it was like a bit of the street was split between Breitman and Harwood. So yeah. I think on the. Uh, on the address, it said Harwood. But I mean, that's very Bolton anyway. You know, oh, gotcha. You can be on one street and you're like, oh, it's really nice here. And then you go another street back and you're like, fuck it. Oh, you could be on the same bloody street and just walk down it and then it turns into a bloody... But <laughs> um, I loved Bolton, but obviously mm. I wanted, when I got the opportunity to go to Salford Uni, I wanted to get out of there and actually see a bit more of Manchester. I have Manchester more on my doorstep. You know, so I didn't have to pay as much for a taxi to go out and get pissed every mm, night. Yeah, so the taxi price back from Manchester was definitely something that put me off staying in Bolton for a long time. I did do it a few times. But... Yeah, it's too much. Too mm. much! I'm not spending my money. 
That's five drinks there I've just given you. Piss off. Probably like six, 16. Yeah, well, exactly. Like. <laughs> so have you got any um, stories about Ricky from your time at university? Is there any moment or something that happened? Anything that you can tell us? Well, I, obviously, I remember obviously you lived with Katie Taylor. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, you lived yeah. with Katie Taylor. I remember we... Yeah. We got used to go out a few times. I mean, we all loved getting pissed. That was the main thing, you know, I'm going to Poptastic. In fact, I think I've it. still got some pictures. So basically he was on he was on my my flatmates course, which was what, English and drama. Yeah, so you guys weren't even really in Adelphi, were you? No, because it was a really weird I think we were, it was classed more as like English. Yeah. So we were more in like the English building. They were in like serious to- serious topic building. <laughs> not the arts. <laughs> you had all these people doing like English literature or, you know, Bible study or something like that. And then you had these dickheads, which were us, <laughs> running around. Andrew and Kate running out doing this score to rent. <laughs> doing really like, you know, avant-garde stuff. Do you know what I mean? I remember one of the people that we had to yeah. study. It was about, you know, we went and watched this thing where people were like pissing in a bag and I will, it was unusual. Mind you, it sounds like an actual <laughs> eagle, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Not that unusual. <laughs> now, Julie, it's been a full year since Kiki closed. And uh, when it closed its, its doors for the last time. So what was your highlight in working at Kiki? What was your favourite thing? Truthfully, there's so many. And I... Absolutely loved work there. I think my highlight for me was when my night became Julie's Funhouse. And to have a night on Canal Street with my own name on it, it, to me, that was just, you know, it was mad. Because when I do think back to them days when we were first started at uni and walking down that street and I was talking about them queens and, you know, I remember when it was queer and then became Kiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I looked at them like bars and I never ever thought for one second that I would one day be a drag queen in the village and let alone have my own night. Do you know what I mean? So for me to have that, to have Julie's Funhouse was just, it was everything. I absolutely, that was the highlight for me. So for anybody who hadn't been to Julie's Funhouse, how would you describe that night? What were the things that used to happen? I mean, Absolute carnage, darling. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean, obviously don't incriminate anybody. Oh, but... I will never incriminate, <laughs> darling. That's not my style. Do you know what? Julie's Funhouse was just that. It was just having an absolute ball. Like, obviously, you had people you knew who would come every week. Then you'd have people who would never come. And it was just, you know, like what I liked, as I said, I would, I just want people to come and have a party with me. I don't want to be constantly on the mic talking. I'll get on the mic, but I don't, I just don't want to do that because I think people want to dance. They want to get pissed. Mm. They want to talk to each other. Do you know what I mean? But I said, what I want to do when I'm in there, I'll make sure that every person that walks through that door will know who I am. Even if I've just got up to them going, I love you, all right, sweetheart. You're getting a bit pissed tonight. Yeah. And just, you know, like make every person that walks through that door, no matter whether they're young, old, whoever they are, to make them feel like, you know, here you are, you're at my party and you're welcome. Yeah. And that's yeah. that was what Julie's Funhouse was. And I think that is absolutely what you were delivering. And it makes a difference it makes a difference to people's nights in like that two seconds that it took you. For me, it was just about creating like as you know, like I said, some 
you know, queens, you go in bars and they do talk a lot on there or they'll be doing performances and stuff like that. I mean, my performances would be just standing on the bar and dancing around like a very sexy bastard, darling. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it was just about party women. Like I just used to like, even if my friends came in, I'd be like, no, sorry, you've got to give me two seconds. I'd be running around like a headless fly. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. getting behind the bar, talking to all the staff as well. Do you know what I mean? Like that was one thing I used to love. Because you want them to come to work enthusiastic. It's Judy's fun night. It's going to be good tonight. And that's going to make a difference to everything. Well, that's the, the thing, isn't well. it? You know, like I remember once somebody once called me the landlady of Void. And that was like, that's what I always had in my head. I pictured myself <laughs> yeah. a bit like Bet Lynch. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I kind of thought of myself as. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's there to work, but she's there as your friend, really. She's your counsellor. She's your support worker. She's your marriage guidance person. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the amount of times I heard people telling me their life secrets, their undying love, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you're practically a paid okay. bloody psychologist sometimes as a drag queen. I will say, I think when it closed, to see, like, the reaction to, like, that everyone like how it, the village was really. And just when we were all, on, all the entire bar staff and Queens, we were all stood on the bar at the end. And I think that was a night I'll always remember because it was just in that moment, we were like, this was something special. Do you know what I mean? And, but yeah, I think, you know, I just, it's hard to pick an actual specific moment. There's so many, I'm mean, like yeah. Lola falling down the bloody stairs, always. <laughs> Always been one that I'll always remember. Um, performing at nights like Queerosity and um, some of the other nights that we did, you know, like some of them performances that I did. I remember there was one where I was like dressed like a nun and then I pull off the nun's outfit and like I really got to experiment with performing there because I'd never really yeah. done a lot of performances. So that in itself was amazing as well. That's a really good opportunity. Do you know when when um when Kiki closed, the first lockdown started um around, around about the same time. Did... Back in nineteen seventy two. Back in the day, <laughs> five years ago. First lockdown. <laughs> Ancient time. Have 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 you been quite good creatively? Have you managed to sort of make sure you channel the right things? You know what? I'll be absolutely honest with you. It's been a shit year for everybody, obviously. Do you yeah, know what I mean? And I think the the first lockdown was tough because I was going through some shit myself. Do you know what I mean? And I think I had to take a bit of a step back. And I remember just before I took a step back from some of my gigs, because I hadn't actually had a break in the five years that I'd done mm. drag. I'd just done it every single week relentlessly. Um, so when Kiki closed and then some other stuff behind the scenes sort of happened and I decided, right, you know, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to tell the, the gigs that I was doing, like, you know, I'm going to take a break. And then the whole world went into a bloody lockdown. So I was like, fucking hell, if I'd just waited a month or two weeks, mm. I wouldn't have bloody given up any of my gigs. But anyway, it happened. Um, but I did, I think for the first part of lockdown, once that sort of passed, I really did try to throw myself into doing a lot of my videos and um, trying to be very like creative online. I did a few, quite a few um, drag shows that were happening online at the time, um, which was fun. But I think, it, you know, it's hard doing a lot of stuff from home because you do start to lose, if I'm honest, your enthusiasm a little bit for it because I think the part of drag and what you feed off is an audience. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you feed off them people and that interaction and, you know, that kind of buzz and energy that you get from it. So 
when you're just there and I was like performing to a phone, I was like, well, <laughs> what a fantastic audience this is. Do you know what I mean? Like, a bit strange. And, you know, like pre-recording your lip syncs in my bedroom. It was like, so yeah, I think I definitely tried to throw myself into it. And I loved some of the videos I did do because I do do a lot of online mm-hmm. videos, um, which I loved. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it's one of them where I, you know, I think as everybody, I can't wait for just to be able to get back out and terrorize people again. <laughs> and that, the a big part of what you do is about your online stuff, isn't it? So it's it's kind of being fed from the live stuff and then taking ideas from that and feeding it into oh, you know, that's the thing with creativity, isn't it? It just one thing sparks something off. So how, how because like every week for Julie's Funhouse, you would have a different video. So where were you find, because I I find even just the idea of coming up with a video every single week would send me into meltdown because I, I just, yeah. I just. I, oh, trust me, <laughs> sometimes it sent me into a bloody meltdown. I mean. So finding all of the creative, where, where was the, mm, the things that were, sparking off those ideas do you know what i think truthfully it was a case sometimes of going online and you know taking a bit of inspiration a bit of a creative license can Mm. we call it from some other people you know i'd see some like a trend that would be happening i think oh that would be funny to put like a julie spin on it um talking to people do you know what i mean like and sometimes i'd say to be friends what do you think would be funny what would you want to see julie Mm. do this week you know but then sometimes just like just going to the supermarket and like garden Tesco's and just watching some of the women there and like I'll be absolutely honest, I think they're absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah. And I just think that's just that's hilarious. Do you know what I mean? Like there's today I went in to get a Tesco meal deal and some eyelashes, even though you can't fucking see them. But I went into Tesco's today. I got my meal deal. And whilst I was putting it through self-service, there was a woman behind me with a kid. And she was like, it must have gone off something on the bag on the self-service tail. She's like, "Hi, mate, come over here, darling. This log-on thing, it's not working. Will you shut up? To a kid like that. And it was just hilarious watching her shout and scream. And she was just getting so worked up over this machine. And I thought, isn't that, that's be like a video idea straight away. Do you know, yeah. Julie on a self-service checkout, getting <laughs> pissed off with it, do you know what I mean? So that's, you know, that's kind of where my ideas would come from. That's, I mean, where better than from real life to take ideas? Just take a trip around, you know, Garden Market as well, <laughs> Andale Market, you know, like, I remember that there used to be a, a, a lovely lady who used to sell a lot of uh, jewellery on their Andale Market. And the drag queens bloody loved her because uh-huh. they were massive earrings. But she was such a character, such a character. Every time you went, her stall was closing down. You'd go in for like, it's a closing down sale every single week that I was there. She was there for a good five years, but um, <laughs> it was always the same. And she'd always go, do you know what? It's fine quality. It's a two ninety nine bloody earring, yeah. darling. But she'd be like, it's fine quality, fine quality. And she'd be putting it in special bags, buy one, get one free. She'd make up offers on the go and then she'd forget what she'd even offered you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just fab. And for me, it was like, I just absorb that kind of character. And I just think that's that's Julie, do you know what I mean? That's where I take that inspiration from. With 
the kind of job that we do, we're very often surrounded by all kinds of things happening. Um, and you've made a, a decision this year to uh, go completely sober, haven't you? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. Um, that's uh, something that I think had been a long time coming, to be truthful. Um, I think it's, I think when you do what we do and we work in the industry that we work in, obviously drinking is a big part of it. Yeah. And so like Julie's Funhouse, you know, I almost felt like it was my job to be pissed. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of, you know, especially when you first get into drag, it's such an excitement because, you know, you're getting drinks for free. You can go in the bars for free. Everybody's buying you shots and people like would get like, if you could die, somebody turns up to you and go, you say, oh, no, I don't want that shot. They'd get offended. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've just spent £1.99 on a Jager bomb for you. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever it was. Oh God, and people buy you drinks. Yeah, when you're a drag queen, people buy you drinks a lot, don't they? God, I forget how much that happens. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It just kind of built and built. And I think towards the end of Kiki closing, there was a few moments where I think, you know, I had my drinking, I got a bit out of control. That's me being honest. Um, I was very lucky that I had very good friends and support from Kiki, but also my personal friends who I think could see, could see it. Because obviously you put on a front to everybody mm. else, you know, you act like everything's fine and you kind of mask that there's nothing happening. And then after the first lockdown, I started working back at Onbar in Canal Street. And, you know, you kind of just get straight back into it and you drink, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it had just built and built. And then I kind of got to a point where I was becoming quite reliant on alcohol. Even like if something shit was happening, I'd be like, oh, I'll have a drink, it'll make it better. And I thought, I can't be like that. And I think there was a moment last year where I could see it was starting to upset some of my closest friends. And I thought, I don't want to be that person. Mm. I can hurt myself. I don't give a shit. I know it sounds bad, but at that time, you're like, I don't give a shit about me. Mm. But if I start hurting those that I love, that's different. I'm not going to be sense. that person. So mm. I decided for the first time in my entire life to go bloody sober. Can you believe it? <laughs> the biggest binge drinking bastard on Canal Street hasn't drank in six weeks. Good Crazy. girl. Honest Good to girl. God. But, and do you know what? I don't say it's forever. I never put a time mm. frame on it. I mean, six weeks is six weeks longer than I've ever done in my entire life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm more than happy to keep doing it. I want to be sober. I've loved how it's made me feel. And it's like, you know, I think probably in the future, will I drink again? More than fucking likely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to lie. Because, you know what, I loved being, I loved getting pissed. Like, you know, yeah. I enjoyed alcohol. But I think I'd like to think that when I start drinking again, I'll have a bit more of a, a bit more self-control. And it, But you've clearly got that self-control and the ability to recognise that there was a problem. And that's, that's, out of all of it, that's half the problem is being able to recognise that there is a problem here and then you've taken really clear steps to 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 deal with that, which is amazing. Oh, do you know, I mean, the thing is, like, you, if you use the word alcoholic, you kind of think of, like, Phil Mitchell putting vodka on his cornflakes, don't you? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I wasn't that person. I didn't wake up and just start instantly drinking or anything like that. So you didn't really think there was a problem. And... Obviously, you know, being the kind of character that I am, both out of drag and in drag, 
you know, a lot of people, if you, if I said to them, I think there might be an issue with my drinking, they'd go, oh, don't be daft, do you know what I mean? Like, they'd think it was, I was making it up, do you know what I mean? So I think it's kind of that where I had to do it to prove it to myself and to other people, mm. I guess, in some respects, that, you know, actually, I, I can do it. And, you know, like I said, I don't think it'll be forever because fucking bitch needs a drink sometimes, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And when the world's being a bit stressful, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But whilst, <laughs> I guess whilst the world is on pause, well, what better time to have done it? Absolutely. Well, absolutely, yeah. And you want to write all of this down because if you ever do do Drag Race, you're going to need a story for when you struggle. <laughs> oh, do you know, darling, when I had to become a, when I had to go sober because I'm a damaged artist, darling, do you know what I mean? I would, do you know what? All I'd want to go on Drag Race for is so when I could walk down the runway, I could say to Ruth Hoggle, oh, you dirty bastard, darling. That's the only reason. That's all I want to do. Can you imagine? I mean, I wouldn't have a fucking clue what I'm doing. I can't stitch. I can't. I can barely do my own fucking makeup, darling. That's the lives. And what would I do? Go on with about 15 of these wigs. Well, I love it. I love. Listen, Charity Shop Sue is a really big fan of Drag Race and there is more than a little bit of Charity Shop Sue going on this evening. I am loving it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's great, fair, yeah. I'm sure I care before Charity's yep. bloody shops. So I can't say yeah. it. Tongue twisting. Charity Shop Sue. Just like before <laughs> when I was a travel agent, when I was like 17, the ladies who came before that in travel agencies looked just like this. I did not Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Lund Polly or so, like, yeah, yeah. With a nice, sensible court show. Yeah. <laughs> and you should have been presenting, what was it called? Wish You Were Here. Yeah. With What's Her Face? Gloria. No, it's not Gloria Hunniford, is it? It's the, the other one. Um, Not Gloria Hunniford. She's called. Well, I don't know. But basically, there's Gloria Hunniford and then there's the other one. There's the other like one. three and of them. They look exactly three the of same. Them. Rip off Britain. They're basically three bags yes! of skin in Chanel on the BBC on a weekday, just going. Ugh. Do you know what I mean? I love it. <laughs> oh, I'd want to be like, but to be honest, I'd probably be more like Judith Finnegan one time in the nineties. <laughs> Judith Chalmers. Judith Chalmers. Judith Chalmers. There you are. Judith Chalmers. Her name. Do you know what? I was literally talking was about it. Judith Chalmers the other day. I don't even know why. How random. That's what I do. <laughs> talking about all the fabulous women. Yeah. <laughs> They are. It's like peroxide. It's all like the hair, shoulder pads. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love a shoulder pad, darling. Yeah. I don't wear fucking hips, so I've got to do something to give myself a bit of vavarum. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Julie, it's been a joy chatting with you. Oh, it's been bloody fabulous. I've enjoyed it. When we're allowed out, where can people find you? Um, well, at the moment, I'm on sabbatical, if you want to call it that. So okay. I'm hoping to sort of, um, what I'd like to do when I go back to the village is sort of work in different bars, because I've always been sort of like a hostess of the one bar. I want to try and work a bit there. But who knows? Who knows where you will find me? Ho hopefully somewhere up and down the street, I'm very sure. And then on social media, where do you think people can find, where do you think? Fucking hell. What do you think? On social media, where can people find you? <laughs> Facebook. So you can type in Julie Noted. I'm one of the few queens that are allowed to keep her name. Mm -hmm. That's very fabulous. So yeah, you can find me as Julie Noted on Facebook. Uh, Julie Noted 01. <laughs> on, um, it sounds like a bloody telephone number, doesn't it? <laughs> find me at Julie Noted 01 uh, on Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. Um, yeah, and on there, I've not got Twitter. I need to get Twitter, don't I? But 
Oh, and TikTok. Oh! Oh, well, I'm all over TikTok, darling, like a bad rash. I feel very old on TikTok because I think the average audience is about 15. So yeah. I'm a bit like, I don't know. Yeah. The kind of show you want to do, it probably is a bit inappropriate. Do you know what? This some of the first few videos I actually put on there. Because I'd put, like, no one under 18 to look. Because I don't know. I'm not used to, like, mm. older social media. I had to take mm. some of them down because it was kids commenting going, I'm 14. I was like, oh, no, this is no, yeah, too right. much, darling. Any parental guidance. You just wouldn't assume it, would you, at all? No. So, yeah, TikTok. You can find me on Facebook. Instagram, TikTok. And this year I do want to set up a YouTube channel. So I'm going to try and do that. As well. You're going to do a new YouTube channel. Okay. Have you got any other ideas for this year? So 2021. 2021 could be the year I join a gym. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Don't be daft. <laughs> I'm not doing that sort of shit. <laughs> me, darling. No. Not for me. Do you do anything? Are you quite disciplined? Do you do anything like healthy eating or have you got any kind of healthy rituals? Do you do no, any is, sort is, of is exercise? There <laughs> is, there, is there nothing? Walking up and down the stairs. <laughs> I go to Tesco, which is across the road. And it's dangerous because I got hit by a car last Yes, week. you did. Did you? Oh, God, okay. What, what happened there? What happened with the, the person who hit you with the car? Well, that bastard died. No, I'm joking. Can you imagine? Oh. I pulled him out of that car and I threw him across the road. Um, <laughs> it was a bloody taxi. Can you believe it? Was it? Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, it bloody was. So I was on my lunch break from my, uh, my day job, which is boring. That's a bank. Um, and I'd gone over to Tesco to get a Tesco meal deal. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, Kel, surprise. Oh, please, smiley, smiley, Carol, smiley. Look at that, what am I talking about Carol, smiley for? But yes, I went to Tesco's to get a Tesco meal deal, as usual. And I was coming back, I had my meal deal, I had my milk. And as I'd gone to cross the road, the man was on green. So obviously I'm thinking, you know, nice and safe, I can cross this road. And I see this taxi coming, obviously, towards us. And I thought, well, he's got to stop because the man's on bloody green. And he doesn't. He goes straight into me, the bastard. So everything goes flying. My milk goes flying. It looks very dramatic because the fucking carton goes all over the place. The only thing that survived would be hot dogs. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's such healthy items that I have. <laughs> but, and then what made me laugh is, what they did make me laugh, it was bloody awful, but... I was on the floor, obviously not knowing what's happened. I think I kind of blacked out for a minute. And then I look up and I'm in the middle of this main road. There's this taxi driver who's just sort of sat there like that. Um, and then there was a takeaway right near where I'd just gotten like knocked, knocked over. And there was a lady in there, this lovely, lovely lady, who was like, are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, I can't. No, no, like the children <laughs> dislocated. Oh shit! So then he got me in the bloody takeaway, and I thought, is it this mad that only I could get hit by a car, get dragged into a takeaway? The paramedics are then treating me in a takeaway, <laughs> and this woman comes over and goes, "Do you want some full fat coke to get some sugar down you?" I was like, "Get me a full fat can, get me a kebab, get me some cheese." Can't move. I'm injured, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to pay for it. Do you know what make me feel better? A shawarma. <laughs> oh, do you know what make me feel really better if you just put some cheese sauce? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's bloody mental. So that actually was another reason why I've had a bit of a break from drag as well, because <laughs> I couldn't move. No, well, and having a dislocated arm and trying to do drag. 
mean, well, literally, well, try to do your makeup. I mean, I know it looks <laughs> like I put this on with a fucking sledgehammer, but <laughs> try to like move like that. It was... <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that you're fixed and all well now, Julie. Yeah, well, fixed is a a loose word to use of me, darling. <laughs> She's alive and kicking. You can't keep a fat pig down, can you? <laughs> well, it's been a joy talking to you. Thank you so much, darling. Take care. Thank you for having me. Bye. Take care, Judy. Bye-bye. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it. Come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting. No waiting. You shake me down. You touch it. You taste it. Come take me here and now. Try it and buy it at the top of the stack. Bag it and snag it. No need to attack. Instant and present hit. Go and play back. Right now. Right now. Take it and tame it. Walk me to the door. Have it and hold it. You only want more. Live it and love it. You got it. It's yours. Right now. Right now.